When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. From a basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown in a wild top in the trunk. Thank you for downloading the podcast, Theanos. Now, here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome into the second week of the Podcastianos in quarantine. I'm Jordan Hall, and I'm joined as always by a man who has the cleanest spice rack in all the land. Eric Wayne. You know, you're reaching the bottom of the barrel for activities in your household when you start cleaning your cupboards and going into places where you normally never travel in your home. I was like, you know, how long have these spices been in here? I got nothing better. I'm on to look them over. We did the same thing with some rice in some of the cupboards as we were going through them. And there was some rice in our cupboards that had expired in 2015. So we didn't, we hadn't just barely missed the cutoff. Oh, those are, those are rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up. I had like some, you know, Oh, eight, Oh nine stuff. Dang. Oh yeah. I was back. I was in college then you were, you were making the big time spice meals. Stuff's not fresh. Yeah. So you've been very productive. When's, when's the last time you've left the house doing anything, anything meaningful? <sighs> I did leave the house today, but before that, it has it has been like four or five days, and you know you start to develop a crust on your body, you know, just like a like a gelatinous shell around you. No need to shower. No, no need to bathe. No. It's fine. I actually, In fact, the odor helps keep a good social distance. <laughs> I actually shaved my face like all the way down for the first time in years because I'm like, no one's gonna see me. Why? Why not? Then of course here we are tonight, but. Um, you you look glamorous. You look spectacular. Well, thank you. I feel like I, I look like I'm 12 when I don't have at least a little bit of stubble. Um, but yeah, the only place that we've been in the last, I don't know, several weeks, it feels like, is what I refer to as the bad place, the, the Traverse City Mire. So that's not, um, not, not a positive experience. Easy now. These people are American heroes making sure there's groceries on the shelf now. The, Come the, on. The people working there, yes. <laughs> the institution <laughs> itself, you know. Got it. You know how I feel. <laughs> so what are, what is the podcast about today, Hall? What are we doing? I think today we'll have on a special guest. Do you have any ideas as to who we could get? Oh, let's look into the future and see if we could get one Ben Verlander. Ben Verlander is famous for looking like Ryder from Paw Patrol and also being a, uh, a Detroit Tigers minor league baseball player. Um, 
that's pretty much all all we know about him, right? Yep. Just just that and the the Paw Patrol thing for sure. No, seriously, uh, Ben Verlander is going to be joining us. He's little brother of Justin Verlander. He was drafted by the Tigers. And um, he's going to share some stories about what it was like. And uh, it, it's I promise you, it's going to be a fun conversation. It's almost like I know. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at JordanHall23. Eric is at Eric Wayne's Brain, And the show is at PodcastIanos. On Instagram, I'm at Jordinho4. And we'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. Hey, friends. Do you love podcasts like the one you just listened to? Have you ever dreamed about having your own? Well, my name is Michael, and I work for Truthwork Media. We believe that everyone has a story, and every story deserves a podcast. Let us help you get started. Look us up at www.truthworkmedia.com, fill out our questionnaire, and I'll schedule a time to talk. It's really that easy. Truthwork Media. Everyone has a story. Yours needs a podcast. Joining us on the show tonight is a very special guest. We've talked about getting him on the show for years. It's finally happening. Uh, it's Ben Verlander. Ben, thanks time. Uh, thanks for taking some time out of your, I'm assuming, very busy social calendar. To yes. Fill us in. Very, very busy right now, actually. Um, but seriously, thanks for thanks for having me on, guys. I'm looking forward to it. So, so how have you been handling... Um, the shutdown. I feel like there's almost nowhere else that any podcast can start other than <laughs> our own houses. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's been kind of uh it's been a little tough. Um, though what I'm doing for work is technically considered essential, even though we're an events company. So as you can imagine, there aren't a lot of events going <laughs> on, but um, so yeah, it's uh, it's been, it's been interesting. I'm, I'm in, in my house a lot and, and, as as the rest of the world is and you know it's been tough but whatever i think it's it's for a good cause speaking of how uh how is post life or post ball life treating you what what are you up to these days yeah so uh when i first finished playing um i actually went out to i was living out in la with my uh, my now ex-girlfriend and was living out there um and still working out and hitting with a guy um, it's actually uh, JD Martinez is hitting coach. Um, his name's Craig Wallenbrock. He's got a bunch of guys now, but he's kind of the, the guy that's credited to kind of like turning JD's swing around and turning him into the player so that he's. Do you become. have a note a note sheet or a notebook now too, where you write down every? I so, every so JD's taking it a little above and beyond, and uh, he uh, he'll be in the dugout after he hits, breaking down absolutely everything. But uh, so yeah, I was out there for a little while and then moved back. Um, and back, back being like, Virginia yeah back into Virginia like the Richmond area um okay. so then uh I had a good family friend of mine that uh, owns uh, an events company around here that basically staffs events and said he'd love to have me on board and if I wanted to go back to play I could go and uh so I've been doing that for about a year and a half now so it's been cool. it's been fun um tell me about your your recent bike riding experience <laughs> I happened to see a post <laughs> what what happened yeah you see that yeah, it's uh, ah, it's been yikes. tough, man. So literally, this happened yesterday. I'm at I'm at work, and I needed to take a bike and move it into a shed. Literally, like a hundred a <laughs> hundred yard bike ride. I'm not kidding you. And I go around the corner of this building, and I hit the I hit the pedal to go a little faster, just because I wasn't hardly moving. And as soon as the chain popped out of the bike. Mm. And when the chain popped out, the bike 
kicked the back of the bike kicked up and sent me flying over the handlebars and I put my hand out to brace yeah. and just the it crushed, the palm of my hand scraped on the pavement and uh, as soon as I hit the pavement um, my left shoulder popped out of place because my oh. labrum's torn and it's oh. since ever since college I, I actually did it in the outfield I dove for a ball and landed on it and popped out so it's popped out quite a few times since but not a ton since I finished playing baseball and uh yeah so I'm just sitting on the ground I knew my shoulder is out there's blood everywhere I was embarrassed because I was riding a bike a (laughs) hundred yards I was did you do one of these looking around to see who saw yeah I immediately looked around and saw this lady like on the other side of the parking lot this like sweet old lady she's probably around 70 yeah are you okay I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine as I'm covered in blood. It was miserable, man. And now today I woke up and I can't move my left arm. It's, oh, it's no. A, yeah, yeah. So that old saying, it's just like riding a bike. Don't believe not it. To, not so Do much. not believe it. <laughs> uh, so you, you mentioned a little bit, yeah, your shoulder, and you talked about a little bit of your, your playing days. So I have to ask you a little bit about your minor league experience. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it just seems kind of glamorous, you know, people are, are cheering for you and, you know, kids want your autograph yeah. and, and sometimes it just seems like it is a grind with yeah. like the long hours and travel and some of these guys, I mean, low pay. Mm-hmm. So what, what was your experience like? What was your life like as a minor league? Yeah, so it's fun. You know, you say it like it, you, you said, it seems glamorous. And when I was growing up, I remember, uh, I actually remember a story from when I was in first grade, we had to do an assignment in, in school. And the teacher run around and said, everybody, what do you want to be when you grow up? And on my piece of paper, I wrote a professional baseball player. And the teacher came back to me and said, No, pick something realistic. I was like, Whoa, all right. So um, that was that was my dream. And then, you know, and t- I, I, the day I got drafted, you know, I'll remember it forever. And then you get there and it's, it's a grind, man. And it is mm. the best way I can describe it is it's a business. Sure. Um, if they invest a lot of money in you, you're going to have a better chance. If they invest no money in you, you have to, you're going to have to do a hundred times better than, than that another person to even have a chance. And, you know, there, there's certain spots where, you know, the day when I got drafted, I, I first went to Connecticut to play for the Connecticut Tigers. Yeah. And um, that, that, was, that was cool. You know, you get there and um, everybody wants your autograph and you're playing in front of a good amount of fans and it's my first professional experience. Um, and that was fun. And then I get to go to West Michigan where I'm playing in front of thousands of fans a night. And I, I'm sure the last name helped. I was – people loved me there. Um, and, and I just, that was an awesome professional experience. And then I go to Lakeland (laughs) and man, oh man, is that a reality check? You know, it's supposed to be a level. It is, it's a level up. You're playing in front of, instead of 10,000 fans a night, you're playing in front of 10 fans a night. Um, it's a hundred degrees. You're out on the field at three o'clock every day, taken in and out. And it's just like, it's kind of a reality check, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, it just become, that's where it hits you. Like you can get stuck here. It's a grind. Um, My first year in Lakeland, I, uh, I made the all-star team. I was hitting like 320 at the break and leading the Florida state league and made the all-star team. 
and everyone's like, oh man, you're going to, you know, you're probably getting out of here soon on, you know, everybody at the all-star game is saying that and it just never happened and never happened for me. And you can just get stuck there and stuck there. And it just becomes this, it's a grind, man. It really, it's not as glamorous as it seems, but I don't want to take away like playing professional baseball is the best experience of my life, but it really is a business. Living in West Michigan um, and going to a lot of Whitecaps games and notes mm-hmm. from the Whitecaps guys, it's kind of a, a point of pride for the folks in Grand Rapids too. And I talked to um, Verhagen and Hardy uh, at an event one time and they echoed the same thing. It was a little bit more fun for them playing in the Midwest League than it was to play in the Florida State League because of the crowds and, you know, the ballpark sizes and, yeah. and stuff like so, that. Uh, uh, yeah, everywhere you go, um, you're playing in a beautiful stadium. And West Michigan's the same. And actually, you probably remember this. The, the year I was there um, yep. was the year of the fire. So yeah. when I showed up, the fans were like, you know, they like rallied around the team that we yep. had there. And we were really, really good. And to be able to play in front of those fans and then go on the road to, to like Dayton or Fort Wayne, some of those stadiums are the nicest stadiums I've ever played in. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that, when you're playing there, it's like I'm playing professional baseball. I'm a professional athlete now. So, yeah, the West Michigan is awesome. So, obviously, you played against hundreds of players over the course of your, yeah. your minor league days. Um, I always find it interesting, like, you know, we'll go to Whitecaps gamers or whatever, and you're like, that guy is going to make it. And then, yeah. inevitably, some of them don't. Who are some of the best players that you played against? And at the time, you're like, that dude's going to be an all-star. And then they never kind of – uh, turned out to be kind of in that same bracket. So it's fun. The first thing I think of when you say that, I actually have some guys on the opposite end that when I was playing them were supposed to be big time guys. And I'm like, these guys, this guy, I mean, chump. and at the time, at the time, I'm not saying I wasn't like, you know, in the Florida state league, I was hitting 200 at the time or 220. And I'm not saying I was better, but I'm just saying like, this guy's a first rounder and he's supposed to like, he's hitting Breaking out every bat. I remember the first person I thought that about was Pete Alonzo. I was like, this guy, <laughs> no, he's got no chance. <laughs> and then, uh, and then my last year kid comes over from the Cubs to the Yankees named Glaber Torres. Everyone's like, this guy's the real deal. We played him. I remember, um, for some reason, the, the main, we were playing on the backfield at Tampa for some reason. I forget why it was like the last day of the series. And this guy's in the lineup, supposed to be the real deal. And he went like 0 for 4 with 3Ks and just like couldn't get, couldn't get around on anything, any fastball. And I was like, <laughs> nope, not making it. This guy's not the real deal. So I am not the guy. If you're like, <laughs> this guy's going to be good, don't come to me. I have no idea. <laughs> Now at West Michigan, I, this I, I asked this question for Eric. You crossed paths with Lute Butkonen, um, obviously be, became a, a big Tigers favorite. Yeah. Uh, what's what's Lupu like in the clubhouse? Um, so, as you would imagine, he's very he's a quiet like just sits to him like but like the nicest guy, um, the nicest guy. Um, it was a blast having him in the clubhouse and uh, pitching for us and. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we heard he was coming into town and everyone, everything I'd heard about him is like, this guy's super nice. And it's, you can't, until you meet him, like it's, it's, it's the real deal, man. He's a really, really good guy. That question was for me. I have a, I have, I have a weird fascination with Luke. <laughs> I love Luke for coming for, I don't 
This isn't about me. Is he <laughs> is he out of baseball? What's he doing now? I I don't know. I he's out of baseball. Yeah. yeah. If, if you don't know, he, I don't think anyone knows. Well, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but in 2017, you got to witness the Anthony Ghost pitching experience oh, firsthand. Tell us a little bit about that. You say experience. That is correct. <laughs> so we, he comes, he's, you know, he's on the big league team and, and we hear he's getting sent down one day um, to uh, end instructionally or extended spring training at the time. And they're like, yeah, we're, he's going to, he's going to pitch. I'm like, what? Like, I know he's got a good arm, but what <laughs> so i remember the first day he was pitching in extended spring training or the gcl it might have been at the time and we go down there a couple of us lakeland guys go down there to watch him pitch and i'm standing behind the uh behind home plate and i look at the radar gun and the first pitch he throws is like 97 like the first pitch he throws Jeez. off a mound in a game I'm like what is going on um and then he threw a couple curve balls that you know, some of them were good. Some of them flew over the backstop. But you could see, like, this guy's got good stuff. So then he, <laughs> he comes into our clubhouse to, to pitch for us. And I remember specifically I was in the outfield. Uh, we were at home the first game he comes in to pitch. And the first pitch he throws in, in a high A ball is 100 miles an hour. Good and I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be quite the experiment. He, he had no clue where it was going at first. Uh, he was all over the place, but he was throwing a hundred. I was like, "All right, incredible." And it sounds like he ended up kind of gassing everybody up in spring training this year. Before, yeah, got... I saw. I actually watched him pitch one time um, in spring training this year, and it looked good. <laughs> I was like, "All right, good for him." But yeah, what a what a guy to have uh, to have in the clubhouse at the time. Like he's he's a he's a big leaguer, yeah. um, but he's like starting all over, but he comes in our clubhouse acting like he's rehabbing and he's this, you know, 10 year established vet for a while and wants us to play these card games with him. And he's dropping like a hundred dollars a hand. We're like, yeah. Anthony, we are making, I don't know if you remember what you make in the minor leagues, but we can't afford a hundred bucks a hand, man. Like slow down. <laughs> right. But yeah, what a, what an experience that was. He's a good guy. I'm I, I'm I'm happy he's throwing. I, I'm happy he threw well in spring this year. Um. So that that's an interesting um segue to something you just mentioned. Hey, we're I don't know if you're remembering what we're making. Um. So there's been lately a little bit more energy around minor league ball players, and yeah. hey, you know, shouldn't they be compensated a little better? Now, I know some of the guys are, are get healthy signing bonuses, but a lot of guys don't. And the wages for the time and energy and travel that they're putting in is pretty meager. Yeah. Have you been following this a little bit? And do you have thoughts on um, should minor leaguers get, get a um, uh, salary increase here? I've been um, a little vocal and asked on, on Twitter about some things uh, in that nature. Um, I, I truly think, you know, when you, when you look at it, my schedule, I would wake up, I would, I would go to the field at noon. We would play at seven, end at 10, get dinner after I'm not home until midnight. Right. So I'm at the field for 12 hours, seven days a week. And, and you think about it, I've, I've worked my whole life to get 
to this position. And the, the, the numbers of the percentages of baseball players that get drafted and play professional baseball is very, very slim. So in terms of what I do, I'm one of the tops in my, in my profession, in my field at what I do. And, and to look back and think that I'm making under minimum wage for the hours that I'm actually there is wrong in my opinion. Um, but the problem is there's no union. There's nobody to fight for us. Um, so it's tough. And, and, and you mentioned it. There's players that sign for a lot of money out of the draft. Um, one of my best friends in the world who, you know, before I, before I came on was playing Call of Duty with Mike Gerber, um, who's had a, you know, yeah, he's now, you know, he's a French major league guy. Um, so he was drafted in the 15th round as a senior. He signed for a few hundred bucks in a jersey on his back. Um, and he was in, he, you know, he's now married. Um, so if he hadn't done, if, if he hadn't made it and was still trying to grind it out in the minor leagues, he, he, you know, his career would have been over by now. You right. can't support, you can't support a family on the money that, that we were making. So, yeah, I really do think, um, I really, I really think that something needs to change. Uh, I don't know how it's going to right now, but I really do think it needs to. So obviously you've had some opportunities to be around a lot of baseball people. Um, who's someone that you've met and instantly been like impressed with? Um, I got a couple of them actually. Um, so being with the Tigers organization um, was interesting in, in a lot of aspects. In some ways, they're light years behind other organizations in terms of analytics and the way base and, and the direction that baseball is moving. Um, but in others, they're so rich in, in the history and the guys that are walking around. And I actually became really close with uh, Alan Trammell. Um, he worked with me a lot um, hitting, and I just love talking baseball to him. And uh, I was actually very fortunate to become close with Mr. Kaline and to kind of build a relationship with him. And uh, a funny story that comes to mind when, you know, I, I knew him. Um, obviously, you know, my brother's nine years older than me. So I was around the Tigers. I basically grew up around the Tigers, you know? So right. I remember the first world series in 06, uh, me and my family are in a suite and, uh, he, him and his wife come into our suite and he was talking to my parents and came up to me and goes, you know, you, you know, you probably have no idea who I am. And I was like, <laughs> I know who you are, sir. Um, so I, you know, we kind of, I would talk to him every once in a while and knew who he was and he knew who I was. And then my pre-draft workout, uh, right after my junior year of college, I go up to Comerica and uh, we do this whole thing on the field. You know, we run our 60, we take BP, uh, we throw from the outfield. So I remember there's like 20, 20 guys, 20 position players there. And I get into hit and I'm like super, super nervous, but I start hitting pretty well, hit a couple balls out. Um, and I, my rounds are finished and I'm like, all right, I, you know, I feel really good about that. And I'm walking out of the cage and Mr. Kaline calls me over and he goes, Ben, come here. I'm like, oh man, he's about to say something cool. And he goes, little nervous. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Super nervous. Could you tell? He's like, yeah, a little jumpy. I was like, yeah, I felt it. And I was like, dang it. I thought I did great. <laughs> right. Uh, but tough to get a stamp of approval from that guy. So um, we are obviously 
all about the Tigers. We've been insane Tigers fans for a lot of years. And we are always kind of craving interesting little tidbits about the Tigers. So I'm wondering if in your contact with the, the organization, is there a safe-ish story that you can tell us about, you know, one of the guys or tell us about some of the time that you've had hanging around with folks from the Tigers organization? <laughs> a lot of them aren't safe. That's why I prefaced it. I'm not, I'm not asking <laughs> the for ones, that. But. The ones that stick in my mind aren't too safe but the one that i, <laughs> I one, that, so. one that i do remember um that's pretty funny is um we were playing one year uh i was in lakeland at the time and we had a guy on the team that was really struggling at the plate and uh you know was taking it pretty tough emotionally and you know he was beating himself up didn't know what to do and uh one day decides to he or you know, we, we finished one game one night, he goes like over four and he's like, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. I'm, I'm changing something tomorrow. So we get back to the field tomorrow. He's back in the lineup. And, uh, so (laughs) we're all, we go out for BP and then we all go back in the locker room to change and eat. And right before the game, he's changing his uniform or into his uniform. We look over and he's wearing like girls underwear, like legitimately wearing a thong. And we're like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? It's like, gotta, gotta change it up. I have to. Um, so, uh, he went out and went two for three with a walk and, uh, for the better parts of two weeks continued to wear these, really? like, these like aqua blue, like girls thong. <laughs> and I didn't know that was an actual thing. Like I've, I've heard of that in like movies of superstitions and no, nope, he actually did it. See, I get, I could see where that's some of psychological benefit. Like you're paranoid about something else. Like you're not thinking you, your brain is not so hundred percent, man. And once, once you get to that level, once you're playing professional baseball, it becomes mental. Um, and I don't know how closely you guys followed my, my stats throughout a season, but there were multiple times where I would start a season a month or two and, and, and be hitting well over 300 and close to, you know, and making, I'd made multiple all-star games. And then the second half I'd hit a, I'd, I'd hit a week where I couldn't buy a hit and mentally I'd just go into this rut. And, uh, it was really hard for me to be able to get out of that. Cause it's all I could focus on. It's sure. I'd, I'd go home. I'd take it home with me. I'd bring it back to the field with me. I'd take it on the field with me. And it's all I could start thinking about. So it really does become super, super um, like mental. And when uh, there'd be times where we'd get to the end of the year and, you know, I'd start off hitting 300 for a month. And then by the end of the year, I'm hitting 220. And then the last week of the year, when I see that my average is in the gutter and nowhere near where I want it to be. And I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to go out and play. I'd kill it again. Yeah. And uh, I'd end up hitting around 250. And I'm one of my second to last year with the, the Flying Tigers, I was uh, Florida State League Player of the Week in the last week of the year. And I literally went, I went like 25 for like 29 that week just because mm-hmm. I was like, screw it. Like this season's over. Yeah. And it just, it's so mental. It really is. You know, it's funny, like sometimes real cerebral kind of thinking uh, athletes don't, don't always do so well. And, you know, the prototype of like the Rob Gronkowski types who are like, aren't, aren't really thinking past the end of their nose. Those are sometimes the guys who do great, who just, you know, shrug it off or 
it's it, amazing yeah. how the mental part of it goes. It's tough because I cared. I care so much about the game. Um, I grew up around it. I loved it. It gave me, you know, it's all I did my entire life. I truly love the game of baseball. And that's why I would, I would beat myself up over the game and I would mentally grind over everything I was doing. And then you yeah. see guys that just don't seem to care. Sure. Come in and just play so well. And honestly could give, you know, they, they don't care if they go 0 for 4 or 0 for 8 or 0 for 12. And it's like, like you said, there's something to it. There really, really is something to just being able to brush it off. And I'm not saying those guys didn't care because I, I, looking back, I wish I could have done that. But I, it's, I, you know, mentally you just grind over stuff and, and you can't play baseball like that because you just, you play every single day every single day and if you're going to bring it back to the field with you you're screwed so uh switching gears entirely here uh, i saw that you had two appearances on the mound in your illustrious career (laughs) um can you break down the arsenal for us and uh tell us what that was like for you yeah so i'm not sure if you checked the stats but my k per nine is at a nine (laughs) both appearances struck somebody out (laughs) i actually searched to see if who had a better k per nine you or your brother he got you just by i think like by point one does he yeah but that would have been absolutely fantastic so um the arsenal consisted of a lot i remember the second time i went out on the mound um we were it was in uh the florida fire frogs high for the braves we're losing 17 to nothing and it's like the ninth (laughs) inning or the eighth inning or something and i'm playing right field and our uh the manager at, at the time is like uh, can anybody pitch? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me, me. College. <laughs> Pick me. So he's like, all right. Um, so I was up second that next in the uh, top of the eighth. I was up second. So we got the last out. I sprint over to the mound that's right next to me in right field. Throw like 10 pitches. I swear I was throwing 120 miles an hour. <laughs> obviously, obviously. I run down in the dugout, put my hat on, strike out per usual get my glove and get ready to go out on the mound. And uh, our manager looks at me and he goes, Hey, Ver. I'm like, what's up? He goes, 70%. I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I run out on the mound and I actually hit 90. Um, Pretty good. So, um, and I remember I, I felt great out there. I was throwing 90 and getting ahead of guys. And um, I remember I got 0-2 on a guy named Ronald Acuna. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to throw, I'm going to bounce a curveball here. I throw a curveball and released out of my hands. I was like, that's the best curveball I've ever thrown. And it just breaks so much. It's like an inch off the ground. And this dude hits a laser into the oppo gap for a double. And I was like, huh, throw ball, a little different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Turns out that guy's pretty good. Um, but so <laughs> the first time I was pitching, uh, it was at a home game. And, you know, we were in Lakeland. Uh, Huppert, Dave Huppert was our manager that year. And we were terrible. I, mean, I finished pitching, and a week later, he calls a clubhouse meeting and uh, comes storming in. And he's like, guys, all you guys, we're playing terrible. Nobody cares. And throws our stats up on He goes, hitters, come up and look at this. Pitchers, come up and look at this. These are terrible. All across the board, all of you. And uh, we go up and look and then go sit back down. He's like, anybody got anything to say? I was like, yeah. Uh, I was kind of over the season at this point and kind of pissed off because he wasn't playing me when I was playing pretty well. I was like, yeah, I, I, 
I was looking under the pitcher stats and my ERA is actually zero and I didn't see it up there. I was wondering where, why you left my stats off. And he goes, yeah, he cussed me. I was like, Verlander, shut them up. And I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> um, so, go ahead, Eric. No, you. I was going to say, so you said that you, you essentially grew up uh, around the ballpark. Um, obviously the majority of those being based around the Tigers. Do you have a favorite Tigers memory from your brother's career? A hundred percent. Um, and, uh, 2006, the walk-off, the Maglio Ordonez walk-off, uh, to go to the world series. Um, even talking about it to this day, I get chills. Uh, I'll remember that until the day I die. And, uh, I'm fortunate enough to be able to experience two ALCS walk-offs to go to the world series. I uh, got one last year against the the Yanks and then the one in 06 from Maglio to go uh, to go to the World Series. And honestly, I, I'll never forget that, man. I was I, I don't know how old I was at the time. In 06, I was 13, I was 13, 14 years old. And uh, pretty good. You know, basically, as you know, I remember uh, we, we were sitting in the family section and he hit it. And as soon as it crossed the fence, everyone's like trying to push down to the field and the family because we we were basically out on the field when Maglio touched home. And I remember we were, I was standing at the gate ready to go on and I looked out and saw Polanco doing that, like jump with his mask on, throwing <laughs> yes. his hands in the air. And I, I, I will so, never, ever forget that, man. That's, that that's really cool. Yeah. I think for a lot of, ti- of Tigers fans, like that in the last few decades is the moment. Especially the coming Dickerson off. Call. Yeah. I mean, everything about it was pretty good and coming off the how terrible we'd been for so long before that like it was the first time like you know what being a tigers fan doesn't suck like yeah we actually have some moments yeah you know it's so uh, the team wasn't very good and then um luckily my brother got drafted in <clears throat> his rookie year actually was 06 so he didn't he didn't really go through through much of the the, the downfall that a lot of detroit had to to <clears throat> go through and I, I think a big reason for that turnaround was was Pudge, to be honest. The, you know, he took a leap of faith to come to that team. And it just it turned everything yeah. around. And um, that team was really good. And then, you know, those teams a little later when we had Justin and, and Max and David Price, um, you know, my brother said multiple times that his biggest re- regret so far in his baseball career is not winning a championship in Detroit with that team that they had. Um, they were stacked, man. You look back, they should, yeah. they, they, they should have done, they should, they should have one, but, uh, that team was stacked and they gave some, gave Detroit, uh, quite the run for quite a few years. Yeah. It was fun. I remember the celebration after some of those games, you know, they'd come back out of the locker room and they're pouring, you know, yeah. you know, sparkling, whatever, or, you know, champagne or whatever. I'm sure. Yeah. It was just a party. It was a lot of fun. Sure it was sparkling. I'm sure Joel Zamaya came back out with sparkling <laughs> yeah. champagne to pour on everybody. Yeah. Um, so really tell us about your podcast project. I, I caught the part of it, uh, your latest episode where you're talking about, you know, opening day for the white caps and how, you know, after the fire, you came back, but, uh, uh it's a fun project, a fun podcast that you're working on. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So it is, it's kind of interesting how it started. Um, I actually went on a show in, in New York last year, uh, p- produced by MLB network. It's actually on DAZN. It's called change up. And I went on and was a host on that show. Um, so I actually had, uh, her name is Michelle Margot, my co-host. She reached out to me on Instagram one day. Um, and we just kind of followed each other cause she, she filled in, uh, for the Astros on field job every once in a while. 
So we followed each other and she actually reached out and said, Hey, would you have any interest um, doing a podcast? And I was like, sure. Um, so we kind of put our heads together and uh, we're, we, we got signed by uh, believe this podcast network. And uh, so we've, we've had 14 episodes now it's called millennial sports talk. And it, you, you said it's a project. It is. And it, it's just fun. You know, it's yeah. um, that's why that's why I do it. I think that's why she does it. Um, it's just a lot of fun to be able to go on and, and have some guests on and just talk about sports. And, and that's what I love doing. And, and it, it's just nice to be able to do it. It's cool. Very cool. Well, Ben, thanks so much for taking the time out to talk to us. Um, your stories are awesome. We've very much enjoyed, uh, getting the chance to talk to you. You're welcome back anytime. And, uh, best of luck with the, the pod in the future. Of course, guys. Thanks. I'll have to have you guys on at some point on my podcast. I don't know that you want to stoop quite that low yet. Have an established <laughs> audience before you do that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like, uh, you know, they run at the supermarket when there's a quarantine coming. Like, yeah. we're the cauliflower crust pizza that's left over <laughs> that nobody's really wanting to take, you know. That, Somebody does. Yeah. No, you guys are awesome. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Thank you, Ben. Of course. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Yanos. So, Eric, let's jump into your power rankings. All right. You mentioned at the top of the show that I, today, earlier, because I had nothing better to do, cleaned my cupboard and threw away my expired spices. So I have for you the top seven and the bottom three spices. Wow, I had no idea how topical my, my intro was. It's, uh, I have limited imagination these days. I've been stuck in the house. I think we what all am I do. Gonna do. Yeah. All right. So I want to clarify, these are not herbs. Okay. We're not going to herb land. These are, these are spices. I think that's now, a, I, a strong distinction. Those are, those are two different worlds. Now I don't know exactly what constitutes a spice, but I know what, I know an herb when I see one and these are not <laughs> herbs. All right. All right. Here we go. Let's jump into this. <laughs> Number seven is the sesame seed. Sesame seeds are usually fairly unexciting. They go on top of your bun, you know, sure. all to all. Be, it's a it's an important element in a, a Big Mac. Yes. To all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. If, if it makes the song, it's vital. Yeah. Everyone. Absolutely. That. Correct. Now, where sesame seeds really shine is when you get tahini and mm. tahini is just like mashed up sesame seeds. I guess, I guess you get more sesame essence. 
Um, and uh, tahini is a key ingredient in hummus, which is awesome. And goddess dressing, which is also my one of my favorite things. So, so sesame seeds make the list at seven. Agreed. Okay. Number six is pepper. You know, good old-fashioned black pepper. It's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. It's ubiquitous, the black pepper. Um, so that's that's strong. It's popular. Um, I like it uh, on French fries, you know, the cracked pepper fries, and also on, like, eggs. Okay. But right. I, don't, I don't douse my stuff in pepper, but I, I like to use the pepper. Yeah, I'm a pretty big pepper guy. I, li- I like if pepper. You're, if you're desperate, I mean, it's everywhere. You can mm-hmm. always get your hands on some, some pepper. All right. Uh, number five is garlic in all its forms. So you can have like, you know, dried garlic or garlic powder or garlic salt, you know, and whenever a recipe calls for garlic, I'm usually doubling or tripling the amount of garlic in it. I do like garlic. Also good for social distancing. Obviously. Um, garlic bread is a terrific food. Can you agree to that? Absolutely. Things with garlic are amazing. Garlic's Definitely. good. That's number five. Uh, number six. You're going me, the wrong I'm direction there. I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the house four, too long. Number four is nutmeg. Nutmeg is delicious. It's a, it's a key ingredient in pumpkin spice. Now, pumpkin spice gets a lot of pub, especially in the fall. You know, like the pumpkin spice latte and everything's pumpkin spice. But, you know, why don't we just name it like nutmeg? flavored that'd be okay how do you feel it's about like, eggnog i like eggnog okay i mean so, i would assume up. if you like one you have to like the other for sure because it's it's sprinkled on top but but nutmeg has a bad publicist this is like when you know the name of a band but the guy who's really like the artist in it and the in the driving the band you don't know his name that's how i feel about nutmeg and the greater fame of pumpkin spice your metaphors are exquisite tonight. Obviously. Although I think that was a simile. I think you said like. I'm glad you're on this. <laughs> Number three is ginger. And you can get like dried ginger or fresh ginger or whatever. But ginger comes from a ugly looking root. But it's a fantastic food. It can be a bit pungent. So you have to mellow it sometimes. But um, you can have uh, ginger ale, obviously, for the for the Verner's lovers. Um, Ginger beer, which is a key ingredient in a Moscow mule. Very important. Um, There's a cidery, uh, Farmhouse Ciders, up the road from me, and they have a ginger-infused hard apple cider. It's it's wonderful. I love the ginger. We're accepting cidery as a word? That's not going too far? This is like half my podcast. I can, like, create the words that I want to. (laughs) Or half of them. Um, do you, are, do you like, uh, the redheads? Are you attracted to redheads as in people? Sure. Yeah. I mean, so ginger, you know, it's a I certain energy. Yeah. I don't trust them, but yeah, I'm nothing against them. <laughs> ginger, gingers are great. It's a certain vibrancy. I feel like, yeah, it's good. They're shifty. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, number two is cinnamon. Cinnamon is a, a classic flavor. You put it on your oatmeal. Got cinnamon rolls, the toast crunch, toast <laughs> cinnamon. You don't get toast crunch without cinnamon, friends. That's true. Don't talk. Don't talk to me about French toast crunch, which oh. is trash. You need the cinnamon toast crunch. All right, uh, and the cinnamon bread at Costco. Oh my mm, god! Interesting. I've never tried that. Yeah, you get fat looking at it. I mean, it's it's pretty calorie intense, but it's is delicious. So, 
Cinnamon is cinnamon is a great flavor. Number one, what is the world's best spice? It's got to be salt, right? Oh, of course, it's salt. Everybody knows it's salt. Salt is so versatile. It does a lot of things. It enhances the flavor of almost everything. Uh, you know, salt and fat. You can't go wrong. You can do anything salt and fat. It's good. Chips, fries. It is the boss of spices. I agree. This is one of your more accurate power rankings, I will say. I've, I don't really have any strong oh. issues with anything you said. Whereas normally, almost everything you say I find to be incorrect. All the stuff I say is 100% accurate. Your judgments are bad otherwise. Okay, going to the lousy spices. Third from the worst is celery seed. It's kind of trash. You smell it. Smell it's like cel. It, t- it smells like celery. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Celery is basically a non-food. Yeah. For the sure. only reason I kept celery seed along is because you put it in some coleslaw. Oh. It's kind of like a thing for that. Yeah, I don't know that I know the taste of celery seed. I don't know that if, if I tasted it, I would know. Bam. That's it's very cel. It's very celery. (laughs) (laughs) Moving along. Number two is mustard seed. I have to tell you, I hate yellow mustard. I hate it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to smell it. People like slather that on their hot dog or whatever. And I'm just like, no, I cannot. I cannot do it. I want my hot dog with ketchup. And that, and maybe some onion and relish, but I do not, I can't do yellow mustard. Like if it's a spicy mustard or whatever, like a, like, um, the mustard at founders or whatever, I can kind of get into that. But the, just the French's yellow mustard is trash. I think it was traumatized as a child or whatever, but we never had. I think that explained a lot actually. Yeah. I could explain a lot of things about my life friend. Okay. Uh, the number one lousy, stupid, useless trash spice. You have a guess what it is? I don't. The answer is the bay leaf. The bay leaf. First of all, it's a whole leaf. It's not ground or anything. You just get like a ch- – it's like a leaf off a tree. And then what does it taste like? Oh, mm, this tastes like bay leaf. Do you have any <laughs> idea what that is? Not a clue. No. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what a bay leaf tastes like. And here's the answer why. You have to pull it out of the food at when you're making it like you dump the bay leaf in and then you got to take it out like it's some sort of rescue mission you gotta you know (laughs) search and discover the bay leaf and pull it out like what what kind of food do i put in food and then not leave it in it that's not food no stupid bay leaves are dumb nobody should ever use why why have bay leaves it's dumb that's power rankings that was some of your finest work spicy <laughs> are you wearing a headband right now if i was would you judge me no it's a hat i'm wearing it backwards like the cool kids oh yeah 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 you, you're wearing it backwards because ben was wearing his backwards i see how it is well, what, was like, it, oh, was it really? oh, yeah. it's like when michael scott tries to let the hair down to look like jim connecting with the youths <laughs> hello this is eric's mom and you're listening to the podcast Yanos. All right, things I saw on the side of the road while running. Um, so I saw this today, actually. Um, I was running kind of country roads, uh, not necessarily neighborhood, but not like the middle of nowhere. Uh, and I see, you know, the, the like guy peeing on stickers? Sure, like the Kelvin. Uh, sure. Kelvin and Hobbs. Yeah, yeah anyway, I know what you mean. He's peeing on the NFL logo. It's a sticker on the back of a vehicle, which obviously is, is vintage. You don't see necessarily that, you know, that. Uh, archetype of a, a sticker anymore but like what is the 
what is was this that scenario? a Kaepernick? Was that Kaepernick energy or? Uh, based on where I live, I'm going to go with no. Okay. Um, but the thing is, like, I was thinking maybe you know he's very anti concussions, um, but it was on a big old truck that screams like I believe concussions ain't real, you know that kind of deal. I, no, I think it's it's the, it's got to be the Kaepernick business and like players kneeling. Oh, the Remember other that? direction. Yeah, the other all direction. Right, like right, he's yeah, ornery yeah. about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Very likely could be. All right, I yeah, yeah. I'm gonna cut all this because suddenly it actually makes sense. Um, and by that, no, I mean, you're stuck with it now. Leave it in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, as all of our loyal listeners know, and by that I mean the people who have the podcast app in front of them, they'll know this is the 100th episode of the podcast, Ianos. We've made it to 100. Um, be remiss if we didn't discuss some of our favorite moments from the first 100. Um, I just have a list. I didn't necessarily organize this into anything. Maybe we can just go back and forth with, with good times. We've done this a hundred times, a one hundred times. We've spent over a hundred hours of our life making this nonsense. Seems very hard to believe. That's remarkable. We should be we should be sainted, canonized. <laughs> what's what's your what's a memory you have? Uh, I guess let's go back to the early days. Um, a lot of our early shows involved me defending Mike Pelfrey. That is not something I look back uh -huh. on with pride. Yeah. Um, one memory that sticks out to me is we were talking about Oswaldo Arcia. And I said, oh, his name always feels like it's missing a G. And you're like, Goswaldo? And I was like, and I cracked up. I'm like, no, Gar Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, that was a thing for a while. It was. And I actually had that on my list. And it's funny. We're it's like, we're so far removed from that, that Oswaldo Arcia actually feels like a blast from the past name at this point. Yeah, really. I'd still take him. I, I, I still think that dude could hit 40 homers. Not for us, but for a good <laughs> Right. Um, let's see. The crossover episode where I had Rob on and you went on Hook Slide Show, that was fun. I got, got rid of you for a week. I think that's when I did Pop-Tart Power Rankings, I'm pretty sure. I remember doing that. And that, that got some love. They were every time they – because every – year or so like they'll start trending on twitter for no reason and people will, like get passionate about pop tart flavors. they just did in the last week I'm, I'm i know you, okay i know making sure you are on that i'm, I'm honestly like, i think verlander was the one that started that he didn't he post the like twitter poll which is your favorite and he only gave like two options yeah it could be yeah uh, anyway, what, what, do you have any other memories? Um, yeah, I feel like um, a lot of the the guests that we have are very memorable shows to me. You know, having uh, Guido and we have had Chris and Tom Gage and um, who else am I missing? Oh, we've had Evan, Evan Woodbury. Yeah. Yeah. Emily's so, been on a few times. Emily, yeah. One time I, you weren't there. I had Keenan and Adam, which that was a very enjoyable yeah. show. I like those two. Um, when you get rid of me, it becomes a lot more enjoyable. I could see that for sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe those just stick out to me cause they're, they're fun. Yeah, definitely. The, uh, minivan rankings when you finally <laughs> relented, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. It was like a whole year. We ran the shtick about, you could pick one. And then I never did minivan rankings. <laughs> that was, that we, was we had so such good. good material. Yeah. <laughs> Things have gotten much better too. Yeah, I don't know. We we got to bring back some gag about never doing something or something. But that was fun for a while. We we built up a lot of hype for the minivan rankings. 
And then in the end, it was just listing of minivans. Yeah, it was just straightforward. <laughs> I had nothing. Oh, heavens. That's pretty much all the good memories I have. Yeah, I remember trucking my gear down back before cell phones were as capable. And we did an episode from I was staying in Lakeland and then I brought my laptop and the microphone and everything with me. And we recorded an episode from Lakeland. That was that was fun. Um, I don't know. We've we, It's been a lot of good, good banter. I mean, a lot of good fan interaction. You know, there's been some real faithful followers the troyas the skeronics of the world you know and having some good comments i mean you know we joke about spotify money but we haven't made a cent doing this it's just for unless you have maybe you're ordering it all we'll see Um, see. you can talk to my accountant yeah really um but it's just been for the positive interaction and banter and letting us letting me get i I don't want to speak for you letting some of the creative stuff we think about the tigers out and um it's been a, a ton of fun. Yeah, definitely. I don't necessarily have any designs on becoming rich and or famous from a <laughs> regional podcast. Um, but yeah, it's been, I don't know. There's, there's a, like we, we joke a lot about Tiger's Twitter, but there's a lot of good people out there. Um, and yeah. obviously people who aren't on, on Twitter too, but um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's been very enjoyable to virtually get to know many of you. Um, and honestly, not to be all sappy, but more or less virtually get to know you over these last, I don't know, four or five years, whatever it's been. Yeah. You're like a, like an old, old grandpa to me. And I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Well, you're like a clean shaven little toddler looking person. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, No, it's been good. We've had a good banter and, and good chats outside of the podcast too. And it's been a lot of fun. But and if you've been a listener for a long time, if you've never interacted with us, um, send us a tweet, send us an email. You know, after a hundred episodes, you owe us uh, a little bit of interaction. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, or even if you're a regular listener, tell us, tell us how you feel. We've reached the century mark. It's it's terrific. Um, so going forward, uh, as, as you all know, there is not baseball, so it's kind of just going to be hit or miss. We'll maybe try and have some more guests. Um, but I mean, I don't necessarily see us at any point sitting down for an hour and breaking down, um, Tiger's faux roster moves. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the the thing. Like baseball is more fun to talk about than the mechanics, machinations of, you know, some trade or some, you know, labor deal or whatever. And speculating about the potency of the virus and stuff. We can do some of that, but without baseball, it feels a little odd. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like something that we would do. Um, Mm. So anyway, if there's somebody that you want to hear us talk to on the show, send ideas definitely open to that and try and slide into some dms and see what happens we should we could make an episode of just since we didn't get to twitter questions tonight maybe we could put it out there and have an all twitter question episode yeah that'd be good that could that could be fun yeah definitely let's do that all right i'll put you in charge of that obviously okay i'll get right on that (laughs) anyway thank you Yep. Thank you, everybody who's listening. It's been a great 100 episodes. Yep. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at JordanHall23. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is... No, he's not. Still haven't changed the second part of my notes. He is at... What is it? Eric uh, Wayne's Brain. There we go. Uh, at Podcastianos on the Instagram. I'm Jordino4. And once again, uh, we'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, 
whatever other show uh, platform you're listening to the show on. Eric, anything else to say to the people before we get out of here for the night? Big thank you to Ben Verlander for coming on and uh, sharing with us. He was tremendous. And uh, best wishes to um, everybody out there who is experiencing a virus world. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay inside. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Just keep washing them. And we will talk to you guys in the future. Oh, and eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. There we go. Goodbye. It wouldn't have been a hundredth episode without screwing up some of the main components of the show. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.